gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Focus on the Facts. My guest today is Patricia Negra, or Trish for short. She's an investigative researcher and journalist for Crowdsource the Truth. Today, Trish will cover and expose the biggest scandal occurring in the world right now that the mainstream media is still refusing to adequately cover, the Awan family spying in Congress. The Awan family members have gained access to all the emails and files on every member of Congress, and they have been gathering dirt for many years, probably as far back as 1999. They're actually, you might as well call them the Hillary spying. That's what they are. But some congressional <laughs> IT technology aides have alleged that the Awans were blackmailing representatives with the contents of their emails and files due to the fact that these representatives have displayed unwavering loyalty towards the former aides. One of the spies, Imran, Imran Awan, was arrested last week for bank fraud as he was trying to leave the country after wiring $300,000 to Pakistan. And certainly not surprising now, Imran's new attorney is Chris Gowen, who has a long-standing connection to Bill and Hillary Clinton. Gowen has worked on several controversial Clinton projects, including the Clinton Global Initiative, the Clinton Foundation, and the Clinton Health Access Initiative. He was even a fact-checker for Bill's book. Of the other members of the Alawan spy ring have already fled back to Pakistan. Chris got involved in this investigation a few months ago when she teamed up with George Webb and Jason Goodman, the open-source investigation of the corrupt Clinton Foundation. Their investigation is exposing the worst criminal enterprise of all time in world history. George began the investigation of the Clinton Foundation by following the money. He started out by looking for rat lines. Rat lines are set up alongside of oil pipelines in every country that the U.S. goes to war against, and they're used to traffic arms and drugs. But not too far into the investigation, George found that the rat lines were also being used for organ harvesting and child sex trafficking. All these rat lines are operated by the Clinton Foundation, the CIA, that's our government, and DynCorp, and are set up in Libya, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Haiti, and many other countries, including all across the United States. George says they're making more money from organ harvesting and child sex trafficking than they were making from the trafficking of arms and drugs. The Awan brothers were also involved in the rat lines all across the U.S. for many years. My guest today is a courageous hero. Trish puts her life on the line every day in conducting this investigation. Reporters and investigators who try to expose the corruption involving the Clinton Foundation with rat lines or the spy ring scandal are getting murdered almost every week. I truly honor and respect Trish for her great courage, and I want to thank her for taking time out to come on Focus on the Facts again. Welcome back to the show, Trish. Thanks, Evelyn. You're so kind. It's good to be here with you again. 
yes, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. So what what what's the latest? Where do we start here? Well, uh, you may know that, uh, you may recall back in June, I believe it was, that George um, had been arrested in Ohio after having disclosed what he had understood to be a um, imminent threat at one of the ports on the East Coast in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, he was, we believe he was shut up uh, and because he was arrested sitting in his car with the keys in the dash, in the um, console and not operating the vehicle, but he was arrested. And so he's now back in Ohio for a hearing tomorrow. Um, and, you know, we're very, very concerned that he's going to be targeted um, and set up because one of the things uh, that I have just discovered, I have not had a chance to discuss this with Jason or George, is that it looks like a gentleman, Chris Whitaker, who had represented himself as um, someone with the FBI, and we're not sure if it was misunderstood or that he misrepresented himself that way, but it turns out he's part of the Coast Guard. So, you know, um, it, it's very, everybody's very anxious because George doesn't have an attorney at the moment. He has people who have reached out to him to help him out, which there are a lot of really competent individuals who are doing what they can to assist him. But that's a, it's a, little, that's a big uh, event coming up tomorrow. And Jason is now out there with George, and um, they're, oh, he went they're out, talking he went with their contacts. Oh, okay. Jason went ahead and went out there? Yeah. So oh, they're both yeah. out there now, and, and hopefully they've been in touch. A number of people have reached out to them, attorneys and otherwise. So, um, you know, we're hopeful. But, again, you just never know, especially in these really small court systems. Um, you just, <laughs> you know, you're often well, at your mercy we, and we a lot are, of time. We are all so concerned about all of you in this investigation. I mean, this is a crowdsourced investigation, so, you know, the people in the crowd pitch in in this investigation and help out and everything, too. But you guys are out there, outdoors, out places every day where they can get to you. And when I t talk about these reporters and journalists and attorneys and everything else that are getting murdered every week, I mean, this is yeah. in plain sight, and, and, and nothing gets done about it. So, I mean, that's that's the worst part. It's like... You know, we want to protect you and we want to shelter you, but it's like the the defeating the defeating thing about it is if something happens to one of you, nothing gets done about it. Right. I, I think a lot of people have been feeling that, and you know, I spoke with a gentleman by the name of Charles Ortel the other day, and he's a Wall Street analyst who uncovered fraud at General Electric and AIG. And if you've ever looked at a set of financial statements and you know anything about General Electric and AIG and how complicated their operations are, you can appreciate what a task that would be to uncover fraud in those organizations, which Charles did and was successfully prosecuted. Well, he has spent the last three years or so 
uh, pouring through every document he can find about the Clinton Foundation. And one of the things that he discovered in reviewing the company's history, the foundation's history, is that not only was McCabe and Comey protecting um, Hillary Clinton and the foundation from prosecution back then, Robert Mueller was directly involved. And really? Rosenstein, yes. Rosenstein, who is now in the picture, is involved. They are all directly tied to the obstructions of investigating the Clinton Foundation. And so that's really discouraging because it, it leaves you realizing that the law enforcement systems we have in place right now simply are not capable of dealing with this. But one of the things that Charles... Um, learned in the process of studying foundations was that the task law regarding foundations is very specific. And if the when the foundation is established, it has to be very specific about what it intends to do with the funds that it raises. And um, you have to attest to that every year that you did with the money what you said you were going to do. And you have to be very clear about where you're going to do it. You can't just set up a foundation to say, oh, we're going to distribute HIV AIDS drugs. You have to do that and specify where and how and, you know, a lot of other specifics about it. Well, the Clinton Foundation was never established properly. properly. So from its inception, it has never operated in a in accordance with the law. And what that means is that all these other foundations that have contributed to the Clinton Foundation are on the hook, too. Uh, apparently, they are obligated in making donations to the Clinton Foundation to ensure that the money is being used in the ways that are represented by the foundation. So if you look at Bill Gates, for example, who has given – the Gates Foundation has given <clears throat> north of $100 million to the Clinton Foundation. Well, they're going to be liable for all the taxes on that money should they not ask for it back or get certification that the money's been used the way it's supposed to. So with one individual or maybe two from what Charles says in the IRS pursuing – these um, the foundation legality matters. You know, if you took down those foundations, those are the lifeblood of the rat lines. If you think about it, and the way to completely shut them off is to shut off those foundations. Okay, can you explain that a little bit? How they're the lifeblood of those foundations, the rat lines? Because the way that these foundations are set up is it's, it's, they're used as slush funds. So um, the, the very wealthy will move their money into these foundations and thereby uh, avoid ta paying taxes on that money. And then they award each other these lucrative contracts from which they're paid through the foundation as though they're doing foundation work when, in fact, it's just a whole pay-to-play scheme. So yeah, they they're use just the foundation. Money back to them. Pardon? Right. I said, so they're just funneling the money right back to them with these phony contracts. Exactly. Exactly. And they're doing it tax-free and under the guise of charity. Right. So, uh, the, so if 
you know, you can you can shut down a car dealership, which, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the news about um, with George and these car dealerships. It looks like that's ex- what they were doing was Alpha Jallo was helping to run uh, a fencing operation that fed uh, this rat line for the Awans, and these cars were being shipped over to Northern Africa is our understanding primarily to be then sold to diplomats. So these were very high-end cars for the most part. There were other, you know, all these Toyotas and other cars that are being um, found that uh, ISIS and other terrorist groups are using those vehicles as well. So we're in addition to the 350 diplomatic flights by Silk uh, Ways airline bringing illicit cargo into the Mideast, including 200 tons of white phosphorus, which those flecks will burn right through to your phone. They're, they're just horrific. Right. This, so in addition to, to arming them with all of these uh, chemical weapons and depleted uranium ammunition that's being used in some of them, uh, the AK-47, so they're also supplying the cars, apparently. And that's how they were okay. doing it, was the, <clears throat> through these car dealerships. Okay, and, and so these other cars, they steal all these other cars, like Mercedes and... and um... I right, Bentley. Yep. And they, they they have a ring that they steal those cars, and then they ship those cars out. In the cargo country. containers under diplomatic um, cover. So right, this is and the diplomatic cover shipping. is they're not checked, right? Those, those exactly. diplomatic. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And how, how did this get set up? How could this be arranged that these all one brothers and I mean and, and and they have they own these car companies that's right they they set them up and then they closed them down about eighteen months later and there was another murder recently you may have heard at um what's it called something motors um the classic motors in the Virginia area, and it turns out, from what George's uh, research has uncovered, this gentleman was caught up in this car theft ring. And the, I think what has become clear to me, and I think um, this may have already been something that George understood, is that the CIA has to be actively involved in setting up all of this kind of thing. So the the only way they could have succeeded in establishing, they have all these banks, they have, you know, you may have heard that um, Imran Awan, during the time that he was on the congressional IT payroll running these you know, 12 or whatever failed car dealerships, plus they had IT equipment that they were selling back to Congress at double the price. Um, and then they they had all these business operations, and he was also on the payroll of the Pakistan Customs um, Agency in Lahore. So, really? you know, the idea that... Um, they, that he could get away with this on his own. It was also un- uncovered, George has talked about this, but I just saw the legal documents yesterday that 
it was Imran Awan, his name is redacted, but there's no one else who fits that description in, in, in the document that intervened in the case against his father in Pakistan, where he stole land from all of these farmers and, fraudul- and took out fraudulent loans to pay for it. So, um, the, and they talk about him as being a U.S. Um, like person of importance, the Imran Awan, and it's just like, how did someone who's just an IT guy get that kind of status? I, you can't without the active assistance of the administration and the CIA. Right, right. And how many homes that did they they own? Expensive homes. You know, I. I I heard the number eleven twelve ish. I don't think we know because something else that we also know about Imran Awan is that he has used many aliases, and so you know, and we don't even know if that's really his name. We think it may be sort of a wink to anyone with that name being part of a particular operation. And if you were part of some other, you know, piece of the rat line, you would have a different name. Right. That everyone would and, share. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you guys can't get any information on this spy ring from, from anyone, can you? Well, you know, actually, Evelyn, it's, there's been an article in Forbes. There was the Washington Post wrote about it. They tried to dismiss it as fake news, but the Washington Post wrote about it. Um, the National Review wrote a really great piece about it. It's actually getting discussed. So... Most people who, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago would never have heard the name Awan now may not know the story behind Awan, but they've heard the right. name. And that's that was a really big deal um, for George anyway in terms of uh, a milestone for his work is that, you know, people would know that name and Donald Trump would learn that name. And from what we understand, um, someone a contact of ours who has a contact that was supposedly in that meeting with Donald Trump in the Department of Homeland Security, Donald Trump said, who the F is George Webb. So that's really, that's really great news. I mean, that's, that's a giant leap forward, despite all the other setbacks and with McCabe remaining, um, Deputy FBI director and, you know, um, discovering what we have about Mueller and Comey. And I don't know if you've seen that Miss Masters is actively attempting to sabotage Trump and um, his anti-war efforts. Um, It's just, it's very frustrating, but, but I think that's a big breakthrough that we're all feeling good about, though. Like I said, this um, case against George is, you know, we know that our intelligence agencies regularly manufacture charges against people. Right. This is not hey, new, and you don't hey, have let me, to be for, for them to do it. Did, did you hear when, when Trump asked who the F is George Webb, did you hear what anybody said to him? Answer back. No. No, that was the no. only part we heard. <laughs> so, but still, I would have liked I mean, to hear the response to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I hope it's true. I, we're more optimistic. He seems to be, you know, some of his tweets and other communications suggest that he's, you know, grasping that this is a really big deal. And so, right. um, 
we're, you know, you just never know. You just never know what might come in the next, no, you no. know, hour. Well, I'm glad that Jason went out there. Yes. And he also yeah, did uh, an interview with Charles Ortel that's up on the channel as well, um, the Crowdsource Truth channel, where um, there was some, there's this website called the FBI Vault you may have heard of. It's just right. a digital library of all of their um, publicly released documents. And last year in November, there were two releases. And among those releases were, um, I believe it was, uh, there was an FBI, it was about the email investigation. And while much right. of it is redacted, and Charles um, uh, admits he doesn't know, he doesn't understand entirely what's in those documents, one of the things that it, they do clearly show when we know that James Comey and Loretta Lynch were all denying that um, Clinton was under criminal investigation, which she was the entire time, that it appears there may have even been a grand jury in panel. So not only was it misleading, it was a, a patent falsehood. So... Um, that was something, uh, a new project that we sort of set the community um, in to look into, if, you know, for whoever is interested, because there's probably a whole lot of information in there. Because, in fact, um, the notes that I saw uh, from the investigation, I haven't pulled these out recently, but in the FBI's own notes that they published in their vault, they state that they know with certainty that, Hillary Clinton's email was compromised by hostile actors simply by virtue of the fact that they know John Podesta's and two other, I can't remember who the other two people were, were um, accessed by hostile actors. I mean, because the emails, the responses, all the emails are going to be there. It's not just that person who you hacked. And that's the other thing with the Iwan brothers, is that while they were working for strictly for Democratic congressmen, and we believe there are as many as 150 of them, consider the fact that all of their communications were being captured. So these are not only their own notes and um, messages that were um, made inside a skiff, which is supposed to be secure, when they were walking out of that secure area, their devices were set up by the one to automatically sync with servers strategically placed around those buildings. And so included in that content would be any communications with a Republican congressperson that you were right. discussing a bill with or, you know, have planning a meeting with or something like that. So they're going to get all of those, too. Well, right. And, and name out those committees that these Republicans were, I mean, these congressmen were on, these these. Yeah the, yeah, the House Intelligence Committee and the House Select Committee, these are the committees that handle our most sensitive information. They're the ones that, you know, the um, Navy SEAL that was killed in that operation in Yemen recently, right. uh, they, would, they would have discussed those operations. And we think that those operations were um, 
were retrieved by the Awans, and that's why the Navy SEAL was killed. Is because they really? sold them off. Yes, that's what they were. They were taking that information. Not only were they blackmailing the uh, officials with it, and the investors and whoever you know, people on Wall Street, private industry, like they were all getting blackmailed because, again, this. These communications included everyone who was involved in the deals they were doing, but they were selling that information (laughs) to other countries as well. Right. And so all this dirt that they've been gathering on all our members of Congress for all these years, and like you said, any emails they got from anybody else, from contractors, all the corrupt CEOs and contractors and stuff, they got all that information too. Yep. That's exactly right. So well, can you imagine the money they, they probably made from selling that information? Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. I came across an article recently about how in 2010 um, there, was, there was a real spike in the number of operatives, U.S. operatives, that had been killed in in China or by Chinese um, spy agency, or these were all people who had been outed, and it made me wonder if that may have been the result of the Yuan selling, you know, state secrets to China, so that China could, you know, do what they were going to do. I think it's. I think any scenario is possible. I mean, I think that they were just making whatever money they could. And there was another individual, Hassad Akbar, and I believe this was a couple of years ago. It was in the not too distant past where he was arrested and indicted in 2014, I believe, for selling the CIA's stealth genie spyware online. Really? Yeah. And um, Hassad Akbar is directly linked to the Iran. And so you realize that they had access, you know, not only is the CIA, was the CIA not transparent about the fact that they've lost control of their spotware. In the, so people, anyone who wanted to buy it could and can load it on anyone else's devices. But... Um, you know, the, these guys were probably using that spyware in Congress. Right. On Congress. Right. 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 And, they, and so, when I said, you know, in the introduction, I said these are Hillary spies. Well, yeah, in, in one of the emails that came out, and she's talking, referring to the, it's referred to as Anthony Weiner's trusted staff. Right. He's a wand. That's brother. right. Yeah. That handled the quote-unquote secure phones. And so you may have also seen Judicial Watch has been suing the FBI for these documents, and they've been coming out in dribs and drabs. And what came out recently was one email in which Hillary Clinton states specifically that she, against the advice of the NSA, quote-unquote, security hawks, she still used her BlackBerry. The NSA was very clear with her that they could not guarantee the security of her device if she used the BlackBerry. And it was at her insistence that BlackBerries continued to be used. 
Right. And and right. it appears that Anthony Weiner, whether or not he was, you know, coerced or otherwise into this role, but in those WikiLeaks emails, they refer to getting another congressman um, a, a device and refer to Anthony Weiner's trusted staff, which is, you know, the name is redacted, and we know that that's Imran Awan and his, the people he had working in Congress um, on the books for him. So, well, you know, and, and look at how bold these people are. They don't, they don't care what the public no. learns or what the public knows. I mean, my God, him hiring Clinton, one of Clinton's favorite attorneys. I yeah. mean, how more yeah. bold and blatant can they be that they're running this corruption? You know nationwide, and they don't care who finds out about it. Nothing ever gets done about it anyhow. Yeah, well, they have a lot of reasons to be arrogant. I mean, if you think back how long ago this started and how they've gotten away with it, and if you consider all the scandals that Charles Lortel um, call that I did with him, he goes through the timeline over the last 20 years where... He describes the different investigations and the things that were happening over that time period. And, you know, you see that the, the, all this activity just dates way, way back. And they've just been sort of moving these operations around. For example, like the Iran-Contra um, drug operation that was run by the CIA. And Gary Webb is actually the namesake of George Webb. Gary Webb was a prize-winning journalist who uncovered the CIA drug operation they were using to fund um, the Contra. And... Right. Uh, he was systematically destroyed in the mainstream media. He lost his job, he was isolated, and wound up two years later with two bullets to his head and it being ruled a suicide. And so, right, right. you know, what happens when suicide. that got exposed is they just moved it over and shifted it under um, the Clinton Foundation. It became part of the Bill Clinton, whatever, the library, which is sort of the, the beginning of the illegal, official illegal operations for the Clinton Foundation. So they've been getting away with it forever. And so I guess it shouldn't surprise one that they fully expect to continue getting away with it. Well, right, and, and the Clintons were running that drug-running operation down there at the MENA Airport Mena in Airport, Arkansas. that's right. When he was yep. governor, right? Yes. So, I mean, this yep. is how far back they've been yeah. running these rat lines. Yep, and, and Comey was involved back then, too. You know, I mean, it, it, it really uh, is, it boggles the mind when... She, someone sort of puts the pieces together for you and you're like, wow, it's just been staring you right in the face. But again, we have a mainstream media that is completely controlled by the CIA. We have a 2013 um, National Defense Authorization Act that legalized the use of propaganda. They would not have done that unless they fully intended to use it, you know? Right. And, Right. You, you may have heard of a gentleman, he's a, a former German editor, the late Udo Ulfkot. He came out very, he wrote a book about it, and he was speaking quite um, 
openly the late last year and early this year about how Western media regularly reported stories that the CIA had supplied them. And um, Udo Wolfcott wound up dead of a heart attack in January. And he was not an, he, he was not, he was a healthy, you know, youngish man. He was, you know, the idea that he died of a heart attack is not believable. Um, so. Well, right, because they, what do they, they've got these, They've got these, what have they got now, these heart attack guns or whatever that they can strike people with, don't they? Well, they had, the original one used a frozen poison dart, and mm-hmm. you had to get relatively close to the person. The dart would melt on impact, so there would be no sign of um, an injury except for maybe a red mark, and that's so, you know, generic, it could be anything. And then the, right. the poison would, it would degrade quickly. So it could still be detected, but you would have to know to look for it, and you would have to look for it quickly. What they, my understanding is their preference is a new technology that they've developed that sends, it's an electromagnetic impulse, like a shock, and it can be done with, like, you know, the little um, satellite dishes, like the handheld satellite dishes. It's something like that where they can, you can be just in a certain proximity of someone, and you Use that, and they um, they it triggers a heart attack, and it can sure. be fatal. And that accounts for all these young people having these heart well, you know, investigators and reporters, everything having these heart attacks in their fifties. Yes, heart exactly. Attack. Exactly. Right. So there anytime a- they, people read about that, too, a reporter died of a heart attack. Think again, people. Right, I know. Well, and it's just, you know, honestly, Evelyn, had you told me all this stuff a year and a half ago, I would never have believed it. I just, I but, I, but then you see it's all out there in plain sight. You, all you have to do is go to YouTube, and there's the church committee testimony where they talk about the poison dart heart attack gun. I mean, they and show that was it. And back when? What just, year was that? What year was uh, that? The church? It was in the 70s, 70s? I think. It's the early right. 70s. Something so like it's that. been along this so, long. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And, but, the, you know, again, we have a mainstream media that is not reporting this stuff and reminding of us as, of this stuff. And so it's all, you know, taken out of context and, you know, whipped into some sort of unbelievable nonsense that we are inclined to believe because we have no other reference sources for the information, at least not until now, and that's where... Well, right, you know, until things- this investigation and what <laughs> you guys are uncovering, what, well, and, you know, and you do get a lot of help from, from you know, the crowdsource investigators. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some incredible analysts and researchers out there. I mean, we could never have accomplished on our own what has been achieved with all of the research by the people who are looking into the car dealerships. Joe Napoli is looking into the um, all the, the ports and the um, shipments that are going on and, um, you know, someone else is looking at the bills of lading from the diplomatic airline Silk Ways that was shipping all these 
um, depleted uranium and white phosphorus weapons into Syria. So, I mean, we just been, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of pages of content, and there's just no way we could get through it all. So, I mean, it really, the, the success of this really hinges on the participation of the people in the community. I mean, it, it's so powerful, and it, it's really wonderful because you can see now we've, we've, we've caught up to where they're now frantically trying to shut down and shift these rat lines. You know, we saw with the Maersk um, cargo uh, dirty bomb threat within a couple weeks, there was that big no, no, uh, cyber the brothers, aren't, they, aren't the Awan brothers involved? Don't they have shipping companies? Yeah, well? that, that's the Maersk, yes. They're constantly moving. We think the the depleted uranium was being moved on the cargo ships because it's so heavy. And since the stuff is not um, x-rayed or um, inspected at all, that that was the, the best way to move that around. And then also the cars, because they're so big and bulky, work well in shipping containers. But we saw just the other day, July 31st, First, I believe it was, um, Imran Awan shipped 24,000 cartons on a cargo ship. Now, how did he get away with that? Well, I don't know, but what it tells us, and we were searching to find out what's in there because someone uncovered this. This Again, Truth Shrugs, I think, was the, the um, researcher that uncovered that, but it tells us that they're they're trying to get rid of everything they can as fast as they can before they get caught. And the, the other maybe, thing we've seen happen is with Bitcoin. I don't know if you've watched as that has rocketed up at the last couple of weeks. And we think what's happening is they're moving all the cash and, and um, all the other assets into Bitcoin because it can't be traced. And that's where they're going to try and launder it through there because Amalgamated Bank, um, within days after George outing them as a money launderer for the Clinton Foundation, they had literally three days later, they scheduled network maintenance. And we think they cleaned out all of the records that they don't want a law enforcement agency to see. Um, So, like, one after the other, we're seeing... Um, moves by the individuals involved to to try and distance themselves from what's going on. And that's a really good thing, too, because that's less time that they're spending exploiting kids and harvesting organs and having to, you know, run from the investigators. Right. So <laughs> that's... Are any you know, investigators focused on the child trafficking, on the child sex trafficking rat lines? There have been, but honestly, you know, um, they they all get killed. It seems as soon as you get too close to that and our organ harvesting, like, you wind up dead, literally. Right, that's what I was going to say. The minute you go near those two things, yeah, those reporters, yeah, then they end up dead. They sure do. And one of the things, you know, strategically, it sounds, um, you know, probably... Unkind or so, but you have to sort of think about it. What is our best chance at succeeding with this? Because as you pointed out, nothing ever happens. They just keep getting away with it. And so we have to 
be thoughtful about how we move forward in order to give us the best chance at succeeding this time. Because I know with myself and a lot of other people I've talked to, we're, none of us are stopping until this comes to an end. You know, right. there's just no other option here. But bringing no. it to an end sooner rather than later would be the objective. <laughs> so. Well, right, right. But, yeah, you know, um, breaking down those rat lines, that's, a, that's probably real possible. Like, like in that many containers, maybe they were ripping them cars apart. They stole and shipping the parts in them containers. Yes. Yes, it, that could have could very that well have been it. And there could have been moving drugs back there. There was just an explosion in Lahore, Pakistan, which is Imran Awan's hometown, with a fruit truck. If you remember, they were shipping drugs in mango um Crate. That, that's how the Imran, the Iwans were getting the the heroin into the U.S. <clears throat> and uh, a truck just exploded, um, the fruit truck in Lahore. And we're not sure what evidence they were trying to destroy, but it must have been they were trying to kill someone who was part of a rat line or destroy some evidence involved in the rat line. Right. Right. Yeah, and this this shipping drugs in and these counterfeit drugs and everything. There was just a big bust. I posted. Uh, uh, that they busted a bunch of doctors that were getting paid big bucks to, you know, prescribe all these narcotics to people, everything. Yeah. And, you know, of course, the ma- mainstream media reported that, and they don't put that in there, but that's part of the rat lines. They set this it up is. as drug traffic. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, they, the, you know, the drug dealers of you know, modern America are, are physicians. It, it's really yeah. bad. And there is, you know, I again, these are the kinds of things I never would have believed a year and a half ago, but it, it seems that, in fact, the drugs are being used to kill people to supply these freaking rat lines, the, the organ harvesting rat lines. It's just... So, and and what I was going to say in terms of strategy, too, it's like with the organ harvesting and the child sex trafficking, people get so freaked out emotionally by that that they can't hear what you're saying about it. Oftentimes, they just shut down and don't want to accept that it's real. So talking about the drugs and the weapons is an easier route to, you know, uh, moving a conversation forward. I mean, it's just a simple reality, but they're all tied together. And so I guess, you know, my own thinking, and I know that Jason and George um, have the same sort of perspective, is that, you know, yes, we know about those things, and I'm not going to not talk about it. George used to avoid it, but, you know, I'm certainly not going to avoid it. But I just don't pursue it. In, you know, to a large degree, as much as I do the other stuff for the reasons I just um, described right, right. to you. And, you know, and, and I understand that. You know, I mean, investigating this, and, and, I, and I was investigating, you know, this child trafficking and, and sex trafficking before this investigation even got started, you know. And, um, and it, is, it is very hard to investigate. I will tell you, it is the most distressing Emotionally, and I knew this when I was doing it, you know, and I mean, the pictures and stuff that I've looked at, they are so horrifying, Uh, and the things I've read, but I forced myself to, because I realize this goes on, because people, it is so disgusting and appalling and and sickening that you can't look at it, and I know that that people can't, so I forced myself to, it was like, you're going to look at it, and you're going to report this, you know, that this can't go on. You know, and yeah. I've kind of numbed out 
to it now. You know, the emotions and stuff, like I can read, I can read articles and I can look at pictures and not get just, just stressed out. Fall apart. But yeah. there's, still, <laughs> there's still our days that I come on and some horrible report comes out and I go investigate it. And it's like, I can't look at this today. I just can't yes. look at this today. You know, and no, I it is, a it's break. very difficult to digest. And, it and is, so but that, somebody you know, has to do it. You know, that's right. That's, that's right. why I forced myself that, yes, I have to do it. You know, and because, you know, I reported through the 2000s, I reported oh, massively on the war profiteering and everything. And I, and I, and I reported, you know, on, on the arms and the drugs and everything. But, you know, I never ran into this. I never ran into the uh, child sex trafficking rat lines or the organ harvesting. And I have to think, as you were talking, I have to think back, and it's probably for the same reasons. Investigators or reporters came up on this, and they just couldn't even look at it. Yeah. They, they didn't yeah. report on it. You know, yeah. I mean, because it was out there, definitely it's been out there. Well, but I didn't report on it either. You know, you know, when the Catholic Church, oh. who could have believed? Who could have believed? <laughs> I grew up in the Catholic Church, and when all that came out, it, I mean, I, you know, I had my own experiences that led me to, you know, suspect it. But you know, I yeah. that was really hard to wrap my head around, and I think for a lot of people, and same thing here. But the good news is, you know, with the drugs and weapons, they're kind of they're easier to identify, and like there's more forensic evidence there. And um, I think you know, it's, who who can defend sending weapons to terrorists? Like, there's really no avoiding that as a moral wrong in in a very objective way, you know. So it's like, okay. And that's well. what's going to come out, and that's what's going to come out. And it is out. I mean, your investigation is turning it all up. I mean, these congressmen own, you know, own arms companies, that they're, yep. and they're the ones selling these arms. They're the ones giving these arms to IS to overthrow these countries. And yep. this is the emails that have stayed hidden and everything. The ones that have stayed hidden, that is where the worst of the worst is in. Yes. You have to that really wonder. That is where they're plotting out to overthrow countries. They're doing it. Yes. And everything yes. that everything that they want to hide are in those emails that they will not give up. Yes. And that's what Peter Smith, you know, he was a friend of Charles Ortel, who I mentioned earlier, that both Jason and I interviewed separately. And uh, he had worked with Peter um, for, I think, you know, more than a few years. And Peter was trying, he thought that he had found a source for those 33,000 deleted Hillary emails. And he was very excited and thought that he was getting very close. And lo and behold, he's found in a hotel across the street from a Mayo Clinic, which you probably know by now is tied into the whole organ um, trafficking, right. with a plastic bag over his face and right. two cans of helium in the room, and they claimed it was a suicide. Right, right. And this is the day after he talked to Charles on the phone. Yes. Yeah. And he was talking about his projects then. He oh, he was very I mean, excited like about, you know, the development and what was coming, and there was nothing that he said that would have suggested to Charles that the guy was on the verge of taking his life. No, no. And yeah, Charles pointed out, too, if you looked at the timeline, 
you know, uh, he would have had, Peter would have already had to have decided, gotten the helium and decided that he was going to take his life by the time he spoke with Charles because he would not have had the opportunity to get all the way to the Walmart where they are saying that these were bought. Um, and gotten back to the hotel and made the phone call, and then all that, like the timeline just wouldn't have worked. Right, right. And he certainly so, and wouldn't have been discussing his projects with Charles if he was going to kill himself. Right. No, it doesn't make any sense. And then I don't know if you saw Joe Rogan from the Wall Street Journal. Right. Died suddenly. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist died in his 30s, and that's not being discussed. There's lots of questions. He was um, he was painted as being uh, anti Obamacare, and they were really stressing um, that about his reporting. When in fact, what he was most recently working on was Clinton Foundation corruption and these rat lines. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we Did haven't been able to find out lines? a whole lot about him, but, you know, his death was right. very suspicious. Well, that's why we're so concerned about you and Jason and George, you know, I mean, because you are out all the time. Out around. I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, I'm the biggest mouth. They hate me. I mean, the Clintons hated me. The Bushes hated me. They all hated me. You know, and I was a Democrat back then when I was doing all the war Wow. You know, but um, now I'm nothing, you know, I'm nothing to do with any of these black male politicians that run this country. That, yeah. Um, they all hate me. So I don't even, I don't hardly go out of this house. And that's why I sit there and say, you guys are so brave because I picture you and, and I see where they kill everybody, you know, no matter where they are. In a motel room in Minnesota, for God's sakes. That they, yeah. That, it's so yeah. scary for me to think of you people out and about that, uh, uh. But, you know, it's like it's one of those things, like, even doing what you do is a risk. I mean, the, it, it is. And you can attract negative attention that, you know, they'll, they'll prevent people from getting mortgages. They're holding up my um, tax refund. It's been months now, and I still haven't gotten it, and I can't get you know, an answer as to why. But I know, I, I'm rather certain that it has something to do with my work. Oh, sure so they'll has, find sure all kinds has. of ways to harass people. And it's it's a nuisance. And it's just, it's, it's shocking when you think your own tax money is being used to harass your family and friends. I mean, just how messed what? up is that? I know. Oh, they've been messing with my taxes for years. For years, they yeah. didn't give me a refund uh, last year. They wanted to know where I where, where I got all my money to live on, and it was like it's none of your business yeah. where I get well, my money to live and, on. You know, it's none of your business. And so I, and I didn't, didn't do anything right. about it. So they kept it. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. This yes, they use the IRS. I mean, I'm, um, Judicial Watch is really going at, after them about that. How they they use yeah. the IRS. Against people, they they do it. Well, they, oh. It would really. I mean, as far as these foundations are concerned, that is, you know, from prosecuting like racketeering and all that other stuff is is far more difficult. And you know, mobsters are typically brought down by financial crimes like tax evasion and things like that. And this is a perfect. Um, 
example of a situation where, you know, it would only take a couple of brave people. You wouldn't need a whole department. You know what I mean? You, right. All this, and when you once you take down one of those foundations, the rest come down because they're all tied into each other. And they have the same liability for ensuring that each other is operating in according to the law. And they have to ask for their money back if they don't, if they can't right. prove it. So now, what about all these directors that sat on their boards of these pro- these projects that they had, the Clinton Foundation and and the other ones that they had? What about all those people? Aren't they supposed to be watching where that money? Yeah, that's their duty. It's their fiduciary duty. And that's why we think that um, actually Eric Braverman quit when he did because it was at the end of the year and you had um, for – for large entities like that, you have to certify the financials as the CEO. And he was faced with signing – off on these financials when he knew that they were utterly fraudulent. And right. being an ethics guy, like that's his specialty, is ethics, we think that he, that's when he was like, okay, I can't sign this, I have to quit. Right. Now, what's the latest with him? That's a very good question. We have not seen Heidner hair of him since the Oxford appearance, and we suspect that uh, he was being brought there for some other purpose, and they used the um, Blotnovich, um, Blavatnik program as a way to explain his presence. But we right. think he may have been getting deposed again or something. We think, from what Charles Ortel has said, there very well could be other investigations ongoing at the moment that we don't know about. And, you know, uh, that could have had something to do with why Eric was there um, and then disappeared again because they're going to prevent anyone from getting access to him unless when absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I keep saying, you know, that I call it the alliance. They say that Obama's been arrested. They said that it, for months. And and I I really do believe this because I tell people when is the last time that you saw a president leave office and he just left and he just disappeared he never yeah. stuck around for any ceremonies or anything to do welcoming in the new president or you know the yeah. things that presidents do he after got the they hell leave out of office town. yeah but he has been out <laughs> they poked him back in for one lecture or something at a university in Chicago I think it was, but they said that, that that he's on house arrest and. In that he's only let out to do those just sparse little appearances for show, but yeah, people need to I believe it. When did you ever see this? A president leave office and he's not been back. Yeah, it's it's very weird, and he seems to be spending all of his time in non-extradition countries. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and yeah. I I do believe yeah. that that. Uh, that he's been arrested, but you know, I I don't have any proof of that. That's just my speculation, but I I believe it because it stands to reason when you don't see the guy at all. I mean, this is yeah. Just so bizarre. Although I, I mean, think it's probably more likely that he's being protected by the CIA. Like you know, well, I think I think they see you know these all this corruption being exposed. I mean, Charles is doing a phenomenal job, and then Luke Rosiak continues to write about it. It's it's yeah. really a starting to 
um, get a lot of discussion. And they, I, I think while they may not be scared, I think they feel like they have to scramble, like they're very annoyed with us because now they have to, you know, lose some revenue and reconfigure stuff and it's a big pain in their neck, and I'm, I think they fully expect to get away with it. It's just that this is stressful for them right now. <laughs> but, well, um, I would think so. I think the, I think some are going to leave the country. I really do. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. We think John Podesta has went. That's what his sort of road trip was about: was going to all of these locations where they had key operations and sort of discussing their game plan to deal with moving it or shutting it down or right. reorganizing it somehow or another um, and then for him to get out of Dodge himself. So, right, right. you know, and then Joe Rogan yeah, right. winds up dead. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely been on the run. But listen, before that music starts, I want to take a little time to thank you today for coming on the show. I'm so proud that you you come on every week. I mean, I want to cover this every week, you know, that this investigation is going on. And I want to thank you guys for taking time out to come on this show each week. Thank you for so much for inviting a lot of weeks. Well, I want this word to get out. And, and I look at this show, I, I don't really like doing a radio show, but I look at it from a gift from above to help me get the word out. So I keep doing it. And you guys come back, and I'm so happy and proud that you would, would take the time out to come on this show. Well, it's really a pleasure, Evelyn. Thank you so much. Well, we we have got to get this investigation out there more, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, why in the world haven't one of you been on any mainstream media show? You have yeah, all the well, goods on well, all this. You know, again, they're they're talking on Fox a lot about it, you know. The, the name of one and the fact that there's this spy ring, they know about the Blackberries, that's sort of the next thing that we want to make sure they understand is that these devices have been recovered. And George right. spoke with the guy who turned them over. So um, I've even seen Andre Taggart's name, the U.S. Marine that um, discussed them with George, his name mentioned. So I think it's working. I really do. Just every little bit that everyone chips in will move it further along. I I feel like I feel very optimistic that it's getting out there. I really have no idea how this will end or, you know, get resolved ultimately. But I I do feel positive about the, the progress that we're making. Yeah, well, you know, they took one of my vehicles away. They kicked me off Twitter, and I can't oh, figure no. out how to get back on. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, Evelyn. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you so much again, Trish, and good luck and stay safe. Thank you. Will do. You too, Evelyn. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, people. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>